This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's the Wednesday, August 24th, 2022 edition of Now with Dave Brown on AMI-audio, AMI-tv, AMI.ca, and the mighty AMI-audio podcast network. Mighty indeed. Coming up in the second hour of the show, Mike Agarbo of the App Show will describe a recent security flaw that allowed hackers to access Apple devices. We shared that news story with you on Friday, so Mike will offer up a little bit of analysis. And Jenny Bovard and I will discuss guilty pleasures when it comes to snacking, and we'll share some of our strange but favorite combos of flavor and texture. But first, Mike Ross is here with the regional news update. Thank you, Dave. We'll begin in British Columbia, and a series of heat warnings are covering inland sections of BC's north and central coast, along with the Sunshine Coast and eastern parts of Vancouver Island. Environment Canada says daytime highs near 30 degrees Celsius are expected in communities including Kitimat and Terrace before cooling tomorrow night. On Vancouver Island, the weather office says daytime highs between 29 and 34 degrees are expected inland and along the island's east coast with the same highs forecast for the Sunshine Coast from Gibsons to Powell River. Environment Canada says cooler temperatures starting Friday are expected to stretch into next weekend. To the prairies, Alberta RCMP are confirming they are investigating after Leela Ahir, a candidate in the United Conservative Party leadership race, reported that some of her social media accounts had been compromised. Ahir, who was elected in the riding of Chestermere Strathmore in 2019, says she was shocked to discover that both her personal and public Facebook accounts had been hacked. In a Twitter post, she called it a targeted attack and said there were inappropriate messages being sent through as a result. She says that her account was being used for sexual exploitation and that, quote, we will find the perpetrators. Critics have expressed their disappointment with the Saskatchewan government's plan to put $500 in the pocket of every resident over the age of 18. The Saskatchewan Teachers Federation says the tax credit checks could have been spent to help the school system. The Federation says school divisions have been crying out due to a lack of resources. The provincial NDP says the Saskatchewan party should have provided this relief months ago and is criticizing the government for sitting on billions of windfall revenues. To Ontario. And a university there has made a decision to mandate a booster dose for those returning to campus next month. And that's prompted concerns from students who worry about the tight timeline. Western University's Student Council president says with staff and students returning to campus over the next two weeks, the tight timeline is the biggest concern he's heard so far. Staff and students have until the beginning of October to provide proof of vaccination. Western's vaccine policy goes a step further than the University of Toronto, which requires those living in residence to have a booster shot and recommends all others keep vaccinations up to date. And to the Atlantic region, Newfoundland and Labrador's four health authorities say they're conducting a review after potential issues with mammography results were discovered. 
The province's central health authority said Monday it had advised the provincial government that it was reviewing the results to identify possible diagnostic discrepancies. Yesterday, the province's remaining three health authorities issued releases saying they were conducting preliminary reviews given the possible issue identified by Central Health. Central Health is expected to give an update this afternoon, while the other health authorities say they will have news early next week. And those are your top regional headlines going coast to coast across the country. Mike, stay right there because we're going to bring Jeff and Grace into the conversation of a question you proposed to me via email this morning connected to your big business story of the day with RBC and National Bank and Scotiabank all reporting their uh, net or I guess their quarterly profits. And you got thinking about what may cause someone to uh, leave a bank if, say, those banks wanted to recoup some of that cash by raising fees. So pose the question, and then we'll bring in uh, Jeff and Grace and myself to sort of offer our thoughts on it. Well, this is always an interesting week in financial news because the big banks announce how much money they've made, right? They announce their quarterly results. And inevitably, as those numbers get reported, a lot of us react to the huge amount of profit that these banks make. And we feel like they're making that profit clearly off our backs Mm -hmm. uh, because we pay pretty high uh, fees to have the the right to put our our money or or or, or the, the the gracious opportunity to put our <laughs> money in their banks um and so i it's it's a week that always gets people saying you know um you know I, i'm gonna change banks and i'm tired of paying the fees i'm paying so i'm just wondering what would it take for you to or, or have you ever considered leaving a bank going to another bank because of the uh, the high fees involved. So I did leave one major bank when I turned 18 because because I turned 18 they were like no 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 more uh, kids checking account for you no more free monthly thing we want to charge you it was 4 or 8 dollars a month at the time that seemed like a lot of course now considering some of the rates it's like 4 to 8 dollars sign me up for that good stuff uh, <laughs> but I I actually made the switch but I made that switch when I was 18 years old Mike, at this point, I think the paperwork involved with making the switch from one major institution to another would really throw me for a loop. I finally got comfortable with my online banking system a couple of years ago. So now that I'm there, it'll be tough for me to move. I will say my bank has a preposterous policy in regards to their checking account that says you have to hold, I'm not going to give the exact number here, but a lot of money in your checking account, your checking account to uh, make sure you're not paying monthly fees. And it it stresses me out because it's a preposterous number, but I don't like paying fees because I'm cheapo like that. Let's uh, bring in Grace Scofield. Grace, have you ever or would you ever, based on bank fees, switch banks? I have, actually. I had an account where it charged me a fee for every extra debit over a certain number of debits. And as I got older and started having more just general day-to-day expenses, um, I surpassed those debits because it wasn't even like the amount of debits, like one debit a day. It was less than that. So it was kind of insane, and I would rack up this big fee in debits, and I, I changed accounts because I couldn't I couldn't keep up with those fees. They were mm-hmm. just they were too mm-hmm. much. They weren't worth it anymore. Yeah, that's again that's well put. I, I remember when the, when the limit was like twenty a month, and now I think for folks who are using that debit card all the time, all day, twenty a month is nothing. You might do some folks. Some folks might do twenty in a week. Exactly. Yep. Uh, let's bring in Jeff Ryman. Jeff, before we talk sports, I, uh, I'm curious, have you ever made the old switcheroo from the banking point of view uh, because of high fees? 
Uh, I will preface this. I have my mom who works for a bank, so therefore I was uh, I, I get my banking done for free. Nice. Um, and Aaron, my fiance, has, is in the same boat. So we were kind of those lucky ones. Uh, although, Dave, I'm kind of in, in the same, I think, boat as you where um, sure you, you pay the fees, but I think it's the paperwork that is just I don't want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to do deal with that in. I think, uh, you know, me being kind of lazy, I'd probably <laughs> just stick with the same. Unless it went up, like, catastrophically. Like, if they're charging you, like, double or triple what you were originally paying, then, yeah, maybe you you consider making that switch. It's the same thing with, you know, cable or internet providers. People get ticked off about their cable or internet yeah, providers yeah. all the time. Do they actually make the switch? Some people do. Some people just say, you know what? It's kind of a hassle, and I feel like it's the same way with uh, banks. <laughs> One of my best friends is partners named Megan, and she is really good at the paperwork. And every time they save a little bit of money here or save a little bit of money there, I always say to them, man, I need a Megan in my life to help me with this because she's willing to do it. She's willing to do the work and stay on the phone lines and do the research and do the advocating. I'm like, my goodness, do I need a Megan in my life? Uh, Mike, I'm coming back to you here. After hearing our stories... What do you think? What's your conclusion and wrapping up thought, concluding thought, summation thought on your question of the day? Well, just like you, Dave, when I was rather young, probably about 16 or 17, I, I did go away from one of the big banks. And it was because they made a mistake uh, in their uh, calculations. And then I got caught in overdraft and they still penalized me for it. They would not admit that they made the mistake and and reimburse me the fee that they charged me. And at that point, I, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $25 or $35. It was a big chunk of change at the time. Oh, yeah. When you're, 16, so when you're 16, 17, 35 bones is like the real deal. So I walked. And uh, I've now been, along with my wife, since we've been you know married, living together, uh, we've been with the same two banks. She's She stayed with hers. I stayed with mine. We made them joint accounts and we've been with them because I think you're right. So much of what we do is done through our banks now with direct pay, direct deposit, direct billing. It would just be a nightmare to change. You know, where, where we've been lucky is being able to keep a balance in there. So we're not pay paying the, the huge fees that we used to pay. So, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, I just, I don't want to deal with the nightmare that would be to change banks at this point. Yeah, you identified that minimum balance. So did I. That's one of the way that financial yep. institutions keep poor people poor and keep rich people rich. Yes. By saying like, hey, if you're wealthy enough, why would we charge you a fee? Hey, poor people. Take let's let's take some of your money. Sorry, not to get uh, too Comrade Brown on us over here as we say goodbye <laughs> to you, Mike. Mike, that was a great question. Thank you for bringing it to the table. My pleasure. That's Mike Ross. He had the regional news update. Jeff Ryman's here to chat about sports. <coughs> so, Jeff. Tomorrow, we're going to do a big deep dive into fantasy football. We're going to have a little bit of extra time on the show, and you and I are both getting ready for drafts. But instead of looking forward today, we want to look back on what's been a pretty bonkers offseason in the basketball and hockey world. And Jeff, considering the news that came out yesterday with the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant saying, you know what? No trade request. Everything is staying in place. I think we should start in the basketball world and your overall reactions yeah. to the offseason. 
Yeah, you know, it's been pretty crazy, I think, just for that reason, is that everybody has been sort of keeping an eye and ear on the Brooklyn Nets, what they're going to do with Kevin Durant. Are they going to trade Kyrie Irving? And at the beginning of the summer, I thought it was just a done deal. Like, I thought Kevin Durant was going to be out of there at some point over the next, uh, or at the, at the point I, I said a couple of weeks. Uh, that was obviously earlier than the summer. Didn't end up happening. And then the news yesterday, basically, Kevin Durant says, all is good. Uh, let's go win a championship. <laughs> so uh, reverse course pretty hard. Um, and I honestly think that Brooklyn has to be up there now, Dave. And, <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, teams to look out for to be in uh, playoff contention. I agree with you. Championship contention, yeah. which is just so weird and absurd. <laughs> I don't know why Kevin Durant really wanted out of there in the first place. Uh, they've got Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, and now Kevin Durant has committed <laughs> to this team. Uh, those three players can probably win you a bunch of games, and that immediately makes them, I wouldn't say improved because they didn't improve anything. They were always on their team, but I mean, their offseason has been wacky, but I guess good for them. <laughs> if, if Ben Simmons plays, it's still uncertain as to whether or not he will. He actually does make them an improvement because he didn't play for them last year. I don't yeah. know what the vaccine mandate situation is in the NBA right now, but I feel like Kyrie's going to be able to play a few more games. Like, there, there's, there, there's, a, there's a chance this team ends up being really good despite the chaos surrounding them. They also, in the trade where they acquired Ben Simmons last year, acquired Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in the league, which would complement really nicely with players like Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, who can't shoot for the life of him, better give him as many shooters as he can. But even the signing of TJ Warren, I know I'm going maybe like a little too deep here for a casual national sports conversation, but TJ Warren is a really good basketball player. He's going to be a great scorer off the bench for them. I would say Brooklyn might actually be the title favorites considering all the chaos around them. But that said, that Bruce, uh, uh, that that chaos, Jeff, that can can brew up pretty darn quickly if things even go slightly sideways in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you've got all these guys. You know, the Eagles might get attached here. They might clash. You're right with the vaccine, the injuries. Um, just not willing to play or just want to demand a trade. You never know when that can happen at any point with any of those players you just mentioned. Um, T.J. Warren, really sneaky signing. I mean, this mm -hmm. is a, one of those guys who was, you know, on the verge of being a, a real consistent all-star, and then injuries got the better of him. So I think Brooklyn's really banking on him to uh, live up to that potential and stay healthy. Uh, I, I like what they have in place so so far uh, right now, Dave. And yeah, it, it, it this has all this has all the ingredients for it to be either a really, really big success or the complete opposite yeah. where it just explodes in their face <laughs> in as a, as a fan. Um, that right there is enticing to watch over the course of 82 games. And so just then waiting to see what happens. And then again, next July 1st, when Kevin Durant asks for another trade, we can uh, repeat the cycle all over yeah. again. And that'll be super exciting for everyone involved. And we can spend a whole bunch of mental energy and oxygen talking about it. Jeff, the yeah. rest of the East in terms of the contenders pretty much stood pat, whether you're looking at the Miami, 
Miamis or the Bostons, the Torontos, uh, maybe not really a contender, the Phillies. Like, they made some moves here and there, some moves on the fringes, but largely everybody in the East stood pat, as did the champions, the Golden State Warriors. Didn't do a lot, Jeff, but I have to say I, I would consider them to be the favorites out of the West once again, just because of all the young players they have, the James Wisemans, the Jonathan Kamingas, yeah. the Moses Moody's. You're putting all those players into a core that just won the title, and all those guys are going to be a year older, and even if they don't necessarily hit the ceiling that we expect, I expect all three of them are going to be more regular contributors on that team. This is a team that you could see coming when they had, what, the second overall pick, yes. was it? Yes. They picked James Wiseman. Like, right then, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, they are going to be a good team for the next couple years and then beyond as well because the way that they're retooling with all these really good young prospects. Uh, you know, obviously at a certain point, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, you know, those guys are going to start to wind down, uh, but they still got tons of basketball left. And you combine that with the Wisemans, who we really haven't seen. No, a lot of injuries. Potential. Again, injuries have, have, have nagged him. Uh, Kaminga, I love this guy. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was a great addition last mm-hmm. year to the Golden State Warriors. Um, you the, know, Michi- the, the, Michi- the Michigan man, Jordan Poole. Yeah, yes, Jordan Poole. I mean, uh, what a great player he was. What a pickup. Uh, late first-round pick that was from, yeah, your, your Michigan team. And so, like, Golden State has done everything by the book perfectly, exactly how you want to run an organization. Uh, and you're right. I think that they definitely have to still be in contention for a championship. And we've been saying this for probably a decade now. but. Yep. They've done it the right way, and I think a lot of teams are are going to really uh, try to copy that. Uh, and when they're moving forward uh, in the next couple of years, uh, I'm looking at like OKC as as a team yeah. that could potentially yeah. be like that as well. Uh, Jeff, any last basketball thoughts before we move on to a quick hockey thought? No, I mean, it's going to be, I think, a pretty crazy season. And I'm really curious. Again, we talked about LeBron James last week a little bit, but I'm curious to see how he does with injuries, uh, with that mega contract, see how long he goes for. Again, I think that he could be playing into his 40s, but, you know, with injuries... You truly never know. Jeff, let's move on to the hockey world. I think we've spent a lot of time talking about the Calgary Flames, but you weren't here last Friday when Mike and I did a bit of a deep dive into them. Give me 30 seconds on the Flames and what was a very roller coaster offseason. I think that they improved. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Obviously, uh, they ended up losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk within about a week of each other. Gaudreau and Columbus, Kachuk basically demanding a trade, getting traded to Florida. In that return, though, I mean, uh, good job on Calgary. I mean, the haul that they got back for Matthew Kachuk was astonishing. I mean, Huberto, Uyghur, a couple of picks uh, there might have been a prospect or two in there as well. Uh, really good haul there. And then they added Nazem Kadri last week into a seven-year deal, seven by seven. So I think that they, they, they've they improved over the course of the last month or so. And they were a really good team to begin with. Uh, obviously, losing those two big guys in Goudreau and Kachuk were, were major. But they retooled, and I think that they're definitely one of those teams to keep an eye on. They've got a really good goaltender in Jacob Markstrom. Their defense, I think they're missing a a true bona fide number one guy that a lot of cup contenders are wanting. But as a whole, their defensive core, and we've talked about it before, how good and young they are. Five, six guys who can all play. 
Exactly. And then their top six is, you know, up there with the best top sixes in the NHL. So I really think that Calgary <laughs> has the real deal. Although we say that I feel like a lot about certain teams and they can just never get over yeah. that hump. But Calgary really has that special potential, I think, for for making it deep next year. That was a long 30 seconds on Calgary, but I knew I wanted to give you the opportunity <laughs> to do that. Jeff, let's shift very quickly to the Eastern Conference here. I have been doing a lot of analysis on what the Eastern Conference looks like. I would say there's 12 or 13 teams that are all going to be competing for a playoff spot this year because of the improvements in Ottawa, because of the improvements in Detroit, even a team like Buffalo hoping to take the next step, although I don't think they've quite uh, confirmed their goaltending situation. Boston managed to bring back a lot of their veterans to come back to run it back one more time. Jeff, the East is going to be tough. And here's my hot take. The Florida Panthers going to miss the playoffs. You think so? Yeah. Um, I, it, I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs. Um, but one team that I really like, what they've done this offseason, and I think you'd agree, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they've had maybe the best offseason, at least in the East for sure. Um, but the additions of Brent Burns at a reduced salary cap hit, uh, that is big. Um, and I know they had Patch Reddy, who's out for quite a while now for but probably half the season little little more than half the season but he may be back for a playoff yeah. run with the with, is it the achilles i think it's the achilles yeah yeah it, it's a pretty serious injury so hopefully he recovers uh for the second half or maybe even the playoffs um for that matter maybe uh abuse the ltir you never know <laughs> um but but they essentially gave up nothing to get those two guys um and i feel like they have just as good a team as they did last year so Carolina, I mean, they're going to be up there as well as they have been for the last couple of years. So the East is starting to really pick it oh, up. And yeah. I mean, the, the Atlantic, I mean, that is a very tough division there, Dave. There's only one bad team in the Atlantic and they're called the Montreal Canadiens. And even they're going to be more competitive than last year. Hey, Jeff, uh, any last quick thoughts? We've gone way over time here, but anything else you want to share on hockey before we say goodbye? Ottawa Senators, uh, great additions this year. I think that they're going to surprise a bunch of people. I think they're a playoff team. I mean, they've they've had a wild offseason, but a very good offseason. Right on, Jeff. Thank you for this, my friend. We'll talk fantasy football tomorrow. Get your picks ready. Sounds good, Dave. Or Looking maybe, forward to it. Or maybe we're going to lie to our friends. We're going to use this as like a distraction to our friends. And we're going to lie to the <laughs> listeners and viewers and be like, oh, I really like this player. And then hope our friends scoop them away from us and be like, ha-ha. I fooled you. Long con. I think I think we're on the same page with the wide receivers there, Dave. Always love yeah. going heavy on those wide receivers. All right, we'll get to that tomorrow, Jeff. Have a great day, bud. You too. See you, Dave. That's Jeff Ryman. He's at the AMI Sports Desk. Grace Scofield is at the AMI Weather Desk. Thanks, Dave. Here's your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. We start off in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, where there's some showers, with a risk of a thunder shower this morning and a high of 21 degrees. In Charlottetown, it's mainly cloudy, with a 30% chance of showers or drizzle this morning and early this afternoon, with a high of 23 degrees. In St. John, it's mainly cloudy today, with a 30% chance of drizzle this morning, then a 30% chance of showers this afternoon, with a high of 22 degrees. In Quebec City, a few showers ending late this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of showers into the afternoon, with a risk of a thunderstorm as well, and a high of 25 degrees. 
In Toronto today, it's sunny this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of showers this afternoon and a risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon, with a high of 29 degrees. In Sault Ste. Marie, it's cloudy, but that will clear up later this morning, with a high of 22 degrees. Over in Brandon, Manitoba, it's clearing up later this morning, and the high is 23 degrees. In Regina, it's mainly sunny, with a high of 25 degrees today. Over in Lethbridge, Alberta, a mix of sun and cloud, with 30% chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon, the high is 25 degrees. In Red Deer, Alberta, it's sunny this morning, then a mix of sun and cloud, with a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon, and a risk of a thunderstorm late this afternoon as well, with a high of 24 degrees. In Whitehorse, it's mainly cloudy today, and the high is 21 degrees. In Kelowna, BC, a mix of sun and cloud, with a 30% chance of showers this afternoon, and a risk of a thunderstorm, the high is 31 degrees. And in Vancouver, BC, a mix of sun and cloud today, becoming mainly sunny later this morning, with a high of 26 degrees. And that was your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Grace. Coming up next, Mike Agarbo of The App Show will discuss a security flaw that allowed hackers access to Apple devices. This is now with Dave Brown on AMI. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.